Well, that's the truth. When things look hopeless, God delivers again. You look around our nation today and sometimes you say, boy, I'm about to lose hope. Uh, you remember when things look hopeless, God. He always has delivered and he'll deliver again. I'm glad we're on the winning side this morning. Psalm 119, verse 71 is my text verse. I want to see that again, but I want you to look at a couple of other verses as well. The psalmist said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. And then he says that I, may, that I might learn thy statutes. Now that's the purpose of the message today. He said, it was good for me that I've been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. But I want you to notice what he says in verse number 65. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord. God's been good to us, hadn't he? He's been faithful. God's always done exactly what he says. In fact, the rest of that verse says, according unto thy word. Whatever God said, that's what God's always done. I like that verse. And then he says in verse number 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. That's what caused the affliction. But now have I kept thy word. I'm going to preach for a few minutes this morning on the subject. I actually want to preach about an hour and a half, but I'm not going to. But I'm going to preach for a few minutes on the subject. It is good that I've been afflicted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to be together with God's people today. Lord, I'm thankful that you've always been with us and you're always present. But it sure is a blessing and we understand more. Now the importance of assembling together. Lord, I've never known anything but assembling every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night since I was just a child, a wee little child. And Lord, these last few weeks and months not seeing and being with folks for the purpose of church has been different and difficult. I pray that you'd meet with us today. Lord, give us what we need. I cannot require or force people to hear what I'm saying, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to the hearts of every person today and we would listen on purpose to the truth of the message in Jesus' name I pray, amen. The psalmist is speaking of affliction in his life that came as a result of sin in his life. He said in verse number 57, uh, 67, he said, I had gone astray. He had sinned and as a result of his sin, his life was afflicted. In addition to that affliction, his enemies had used that time in his life, that sin, that going astray, and they had, they had uh, uh, increased or magnified his sin, and they had lied to make their sin, to make his sin, make him look even worse. And he said, not only has my sin afflicted me, the lies that they've added because of my sin, that also afflicts me. And I, I want to stop and say, sin may give pleasure for a season, but it always results in terrible affliction. Sin brings sorrow of the heart. Sin brings physical pain. 
Sin brings shame and embarrassment. Sin leaves with an empty feeling. It hurts not only yourself, it hurts your family, it hurts your friends. Sin always brings affliction. Now the statement of Psalm 119 verse 71 is interesting when he said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. I, I want to say, I don't believe he's saying it was good for me to go into sin. I don't believe he's saying that at all. I, I don't believe that he's saying it was best for me to sin. I don't think he was saying that it was best for me to be afflicted. But I believe he is saying, I have determined to make good come out of my sin and affliction. He said, it would have been best that I obeyed the word of God. It had been best that I'd done right, but I didn't. I went astray, and because of that, it brought terrible pain to me and to my family and to others. And he said, rather than quit on God, rather than giving up on serving God, I'm going to learn from that affliction and I'm going to learn not my ways. I want to learn God's ways so I don't go that way again. He is saying very similar to what Romans 8.28 says where the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. It doesn't say that everything in life is good, but it says we can learn from everything in life for the good. I have gone astray as a result of that. I've been afflicted as a result of that. Enemies have magnified and exaggerated and made it worse. But he said, rather than me living my life in response to those or living my life in failure, I'm going to learn God's ways. And from now on, rather than going my way, I'm going to go God's way and I'm going to make this for good. Solomon made the statement in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, the house of mourning is better than the house of feasting. Now, he does not mean that the house of mourning is more enjoyable than the house of feasting. He didn't say attending a funeral is more enjoyable for me than to attend a family reunion. That's not what he's saying. He's saying it's better for me. The result of it is better. He was basically saying, broccoli is better for me than ice cream. Now, it doesn't taste as good. In fact, it don't even taste good at all. I once ate a whole package of ranch dressing with one piece of broccoli. And that's the only thing I can find a use for broccoli for, is to dip it in the ranch dressing. But he said it was good for me and what he is saying and Solomon was saying I learned more from the time of sobriety when I was at the house of mourning to realize that every man dies and our life needs to be so lived as to bring honor and glory to God he said when I was at the house of feasting I wasn't thinking about anything but satisfying myself so the house of mourning is better for me than the house of feasting. 
The psalmist is not saying here it would be a good thing if everybody went astray and went into sin and felt the affliction and the pain of sin. That's not what he's saying, but he said, because I have gone astray, because I have sinned, I've decided to learn from that. I don't want to experience the affliction again. I don't want to hurt my family again. I don't want to bring shame to my heavenly Father again. I want to make good from the affliction I have had. We know the life of King David, the psalmist here, he was a great man. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that pleased the Lord. The Bible says one day, just one day, he stayed home from his responsibility when kings go forth to battle. And one disobedience led to another and another until the place that he had sinned against God and that sin had brought great affliction in his life. He could have given up at that point and said, it's too hard to live the Christian life. It's too difficult. He said, no, I'm not going to give up. There's got to be a better way to live. There has to be a way that brings some joy and gladness and I believe it is the ways of God that brings joy and gladness and because of my affliction I have learned and I'm going to learn the ways of God that I can know a better life I'm preaching this morning to folks me included the Bible says we've all like sheep gone astray there are folks here today you look back in your life and you realize I've made some terrible mistakes and bad decisions in life. And it has brought an affliction. It has brought a grief. It has brought things in my life. I wish I could take back those weeks or those months or those years. I want to say this morning, while it was not good and while it was not best, it is good that you decided, I'm not going to live all of my life that way. I'm going to learn from the affliction. I'm going to learn from the mistake. I'm going to learn from the difficulty. And I'm going to live a life that is a better life, a life that's pleasing to God. May I say this morning, there is no joy in the affliction of sin. Life is better in the will of God. It's a lot better to be able to go to church on Sunday and Wake up on Monday and not regret what you've done the day before. It's a lot better to have a peace in your heart to know I've been in the right place, I've been with the right people. But the fool, the Bible says, listen to me now, the fool says, I'll go back and do the same thing and and the result will be different. The result of sin is never different. It's always the same. I think of Peter... Peter was a great Christian. I doubt very many of Christianity today could ever live up to the life that Peter lived as a Christian. What a fine man that he was, not only in his life, but even in his death, he died as a martyr for the cause of Christ, willing to actually give up his life for the cause of Christ. Peter, in a desire to do good, In a desire to please the Lord, Peter said, Lord, I'm going to go with you all the way to the cross. And Peter was filled with pride. He was filled with himself. And may I say, there's no place for pride even in the work of God. We don't serve God for ourselves. 
We don't serve God to bring recognition or glory and honor to ourselves. We serve God to bring honor and glory to Him. But Peter said, I'll never fail. May I say this morning, you and I should never proclaim, I'll never fail, I'll never let God down because the truth is we are but sinners and we're made of clay. And dear friend, if we don't stay close to God and in the Word of God and the right people, we will sin. And Peter is an example of that as Peter he went to the place and he began to warm his hands at the fire of the enemy when they were preparing to take Jesus to be crucified. And they said of Peter, they said, why, you're with Jesus, aren't you? And he said, oh, no, I'm not with Jesus. He lied. They said again, your speech betrayeth thee. You, you, you talk like Jesus. You sound like him. And to, for Peter to convince them and try to keep them from thinking that he was with Christ. Peter began to curse and he began to swear. He said, I want to be identified with the heathen, with the world. Just a little while, Peter began to hear the old rooster crow. The Bible says when that rooster crowed the third time, the Bible says that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Friend, that's a tough cry. When tears are bitter tears of things, they didn't have to be this way. Jesus didn't ask Peter to die for him. All he asked him to do was pray with him one hour. It was Peter that said, I'll die for you. Jesus didn't ask Peter to do that. Peter was not ready for that. That wasn't the will of God for Peter. Later he would do that. He just asked him, will you pray with me one hour, Peter? Peter began to weep bitterly. Oh, but thank goodness, Peter didn't quit. Peter didn't give up on God. Peter didn't say, I'm not going to try this ever again. When Jesus rose from the grave, some of the greatest words in the scripture was Jesus said, go tell the disciples and Peter. I want Peter to know for sure that I've risen. We come to the book of Acts in chapter 2 and we find one of the greatest sermons that's preached in all of history. And as we look to see who it is that's preaching, we find it's Peter. And Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost when there were 3,000 that came to know Christ as Savior and followed the Lord in believers' baptism and were added to the church. God used him again. In fact, Jesus said to Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Peter could say, it was good for me that I've been afflicted. Peter didn't say that was the best thing to do, that was the right thing to do. Peter said, it was good for me. I've decided to learn from my mistakes. I decided to learn from my pride. I decided to learn from my affliction. And two of the greatest books in all of the scripture are the letters referred to as First and Second Peter. When Peter warns about the devil and warns how he seeks as a, a, a lion seeking whom he may devour. And he tells us to be sober and be vigilant. You know what Peter did? He said, I learned from my affliction. It is good that I have been afflicted. May I say this morning, America is suffering the affliction today of rejecting God and His Word from the public eye. Just 60 years ago, they took this book out of our schools. Now, when I was a boy, there were still some schools and teachers of the past generation that were still around. I remember my second grade teacher, 
I remember her having a piano in the classroom and in the schoolroom, and she would play the piano and we would sing the same songs at school that we sang on Sunday. I remember my teachers, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, they had a copy of the Bible on their desk. I remember as the days went along and they said, no more prayer in the public schools. We're taking down the Ten Commandments. They continue to take things down. And if you notice, that's not a very happy crowd. It's not a very happy crowd that's protesting. There's no joy and happiness in going your own way. America's feeling the affliction. We're watching buildings and businesses being destroyed, being burned. We're seeing parts of our country, it's hard to imagine. A place in Seattle that's been taken over from the government to be controlled by rebels right here in the United States of America. And somehow we think, well, that's, that's way out in Seattle. The heart of that same behavior is in our own county and state. Oh, but wait a minute. Could America learn from its affliction? Could we learn? Could we not look and say, do we not see what a generation without the Bible, what it has changed our nation to? Perhaps we need to learn from our affliction today. Perhaps we need to look around us and see, is this what we want? Do we want rebels marching in the street? Do we want our policemen afraid and, and, and their families afraid that they'll not come home at night? Do we want our policemen to stay home and let the, and let the renegades have the street I say no we need to learn from our affliction we need to get back to the word of God we need to get back to loving and respecting one another as the Bible teaches us to doesn't matter what your skin color is red yellow black and white they're precious in God's sight God made every man this racism talk is foolishness there's no need for that kind of talk and that kind of behavior every man is made in the image of God every man is loved for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life would that not be a better message to declare than the messages of division and hatred? Oh, dear friend, we need to learn from our affliction. We need to be able to say it was good that I was afflicted. That wasn't best. I wish it didn't go that way. But since I have, I want to learn from that. Never to repeat it again. Any affliction can be used for good. Whatever you decide, don't miss the statement, whatever you decide to do with your affliction, maybe it's a sickness, maybe it's a cancer, maybe it's a tragedy, maybe it's a trial in your life. Don't quit on God. Don't get mad at God. Just look at it and say, I want to learn from this, from my own well-being, and I want to learn that I may be an encouragement to others. I got a text message early this morning as I do every Sunday morning early from Brother Chris Dallas. I don't know exactly where Brother Dallas is preaching, but he told me, he said, as I drove through Memphis yesterday, I was reminded of the life and where I was living. I was reminded of the days that I was addicted to drugs and alcohol and was a homeless young man. 
times I was reminded of the affliction, of the pain and the hurt. Oh, but thank God he decided to learn from that and say there's got to be a better way. And I'm going to learn the ways of God because of the ways of man sure don't satisfy. What's advertised on television certainly doesn't make me happy. What I hear others say doesn't make me happy. I'm going to learn from this. And Brother Dallas said, I thank God today as I pass through Memphis, I'm not looking for a dope dealer. I'm not looking for a day of fun. I'm, look, I'm headed to another church to preach the gospel of Christ to let them know that you can be set free from sin. There is a better life to live. The psalmist said, it is good for me that I've been afflicted. The psalmist said, there are those who have lied. They've exaggerated my Sin and they've exaggerated, they've made my affliction worse. Folks, sometimes that happens. Now think with me just a moment. He sort of changes a bit and he has the affliction to deal with, but then there are those that make lies about him. You know, you know sometimes tragedy is easier to overcome than someone just being critical of you. The psalmist said, I'm not living there either. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to let false accusers have my joy. I, I'm not going to let those that have lied, I, I'm not going to let them uh, have my happiness. I recall the first month that I came to Lexington in 1991. Two preachers came to see me. When I first saw the preachers, I knew who they were and when I first saw them, I was encouraged to see two other preachers come to see me, and I thought perhaps they were coming for just fellowship and to be an encouragement. I'll never forget what they said. They said, Brother Fugit, I just want to say, don't get too excited about trying to build a church in Lexington. One fellow said, you don't want to run a bus ministry. You, you, you'll never build a work for God trying to build a bus ministry. I said to those fellows, I didn't come to church to build, a t to build, I didn't come to town to build a church. I came to win everybody I could win to Christ. I came to tell everybody about not only the love of Christ, but the life that Christ has to give. It's been amazing, the church that he builds. I could have, in anger, said, I can't believe these guys and I could have spent my time telling everybody about these fellas and what they were and what the failure they were. There was no need for that. I would just make good from that. Amen. Every time I attempted to do something, I'd hear them say, you can't do this. And I'd say, by the grace of God, I'm going to do it. Amen. The media likes to write negative stories. You can't sell good news. Seems like you can't sell the truth. Thank God we're back in church today. And I got news for the media. A tougher crowd than that has attempted to stop the church in the past. They can try if they want, try if they will, but the church will march on. The Bible says the gates of hell could not prevail against it. Take your Bibles and go back to Psalm 119. Let me show you something in closing here. Have you, have you learned good from your affliction? 
Have you learned good from your failure? You know, I'm the oldest of three boys. I have two brothers. My two brothers, they didn't get many whippings as I did growing up. I didn't think that was fair as I watched them, but I'd say, you, you don't get half as many whippings as I They said, we learn from watching you. You let us know pretty well what dad and what mom would allow and what they wouldn't allow. So it was good for them that I was afflicted. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Now go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Psalm 19, I want you to look at verse number 8. He said, I learned from my affliction that I'm going to learn the statutes of God. Now look at Psalm 19 and verse number 8. Are you with me? Psalm 19, 8, the statutes of the Lord are right. Say those next three words with me. Rejoicing the heart. The statutes of the Lord are right. Say those three words. Rejoicing the heart. Now look right at me and I'm finished. When man goes his own way, he finds affliction. Because the devil's a liar. But when we do what God says to do, it rejoices the heart. You want to be happy in life? Do what God said to do. You want to be happy in life? Learn the Word of God. Live by it. Learn it. Memorize it. Apply it to your life and say, I just want to do what God says to do. And the happy people are not those that rebel against right. The happy people are those that follow the paths of what is right. I want you to bow your heads. I miss the invitation part of us coming together to pray. That's just what I've been used to all my life. But this morning I would ask you to weigh the truth of the Word of God in your heart and mind this morning. Perhaps you're past those days of sin, iniquity, and affliction. And you look back and say, I sure am glad I learned from those days. You may be here today and you're in the midst of disobedience to God and affliction. You can't figure it out. You feel like everybody's against you. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no happiness in your heart. Maybe today you need to stop and say, I'm going to learn. I'm going to get good from my affliction. I'm going to learn the ways of God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. She's going to play on the invitation song.